Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. In Romans chapter 5, the Apostle Paul declared, quote, If we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? The incredible fact is that the death of Jesus brought us into relationship with our Heavenly Father, and that even more so, the life he lives presently certainly guarantees the coming salvation for those who are in Jesus. Let's open our Bible now to Romans chapter 5 and look at this tremendous principle of death in Adam and life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, good morning and welcome to another teaching. It is a Wednesday morning here in Texas and uh, Hopefully y'all loving on Jesus, spending time with Jesus, growing to know Jesus, growing to love him, growing to obey him, growing to think about him, growing to speak about him. Jesus, 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 Jesus. The meaning of our life is growing relationship with Jesus Christ, our Lord, and growing to be a, a more effective a more productive disciple of Jesus Christ is uh, is why we live and why we exist. So thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, we're in Romans five. It's a it's a thick, thick, thick chapter. The whole book is right, but uh, Lord willing, today we're going to do verses nine to to fourteen. Just uh, just remarkable insights here. The Apostle Paul again is going to masterfully, masterfully led by the Holy Spirit of God, just logically and reasonably bring us such a deep understanding of, uh, of just how, how sin is transferred in Adam and death through sin and how life is given uh, through Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of sin. And so it's just, it's incredible. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy, your favor, your goodness, your grace on our lives. Father, we thank you for the book, this book of Romans. And Father, above all, we thank you for Jesus, our only Lord and Savior and Master and King. Lord Jesus, we thank you for becoming a human man for us. We thank you for living a perfect, righteous life on our behalf that we could never live. We thank you for dying a torturous death on our behalf that we should have died. And we thank you that you're alive and risen today, Lord Jesus, and we worship you. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open your word, this incredible book of Romans. We ask you to give us eyes that see, ears that hear, and hearts that understand. In Jesus' name, <clears throat> in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Wow. All right. Whew. All right, Romans 5, 9 to 14. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more having been reconciled shall we be saved? Shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Verse 12, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way, death came to all men because all sinned. For before the law was given, sin was in the world, 
but sin is not taken into account when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who was a pattern of the one to come. Wow. Okay. Adam, Adam was a pattern, Paul says, of the one to come. The one to come is Jesus, right? Um, really, Paul's going to break down that all humanity resides in two men. Okay. Every human being in the world spiritually is either in Adam or in Jesus Christ. If you're not in Jesus Christ, if you have not received Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul, if you're not trusting and relying in Jesus alone today, if you're not clinging to Jesus alone for eternal life, right? If you haven't believed and trusted in Jesus for your salvation, then, then you are an Adam. To be an Adam means to be that you're spiritually dead and you're in sin, okay? Our great, 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 times a thousand grandfather, Adam, right, is the one who brought sin into the world, okay? He was sinless, right, at his creation, right? Adam wasn't born. Adam and Eve were created, right, by Jesus. Um, and, you know, they were sinless. Adam was sinless, so was Eve. But sin enters the world through Adam. Um, they were sinless, up until the time of Genesis 3, where, you know, where the fall happened. And we're going to talk about that, that, that Paul is going to speak here of Genesis 3 as an absolute reality, okay? Adam and Eve are not metaphors, okay? It's, it's, it's not a big metaphorical story in Genesis 3. Uh, the fall of humanity in Adam and Eve is historical fact, Nathan. You got that? All right. Wow. Okay. So this is big. So again, when it says Adam was a pattern, meaning Adam and Jesus were both two individual beings that caused ramifications for the entire human race. All right. It's incredible. Adam brought sin into the world, Corinne. Adam's sin corrupted the entire human race. Every human being now is conceived in sin. Every human being receives a sinful nature at conception, right? And obviously this is spiritual and metaphysical, right? But every human being receives a sinful nature at conception that they received and is passed down from their father, which, you know, they got from their father and their father and their father all the way back to Adam, okay? Um, and it's incredible, Genesis 5 speaks of this, right? Where it says, Adam was made in the image and likeness of God, but when he had children, when he had a son, he had him in his own image. So fallen man reproduced fallen man. And when I say man there, I mean humanity, man and woman, right? Wow, okay. Um, so sin comes into the world through one man in Adam, in natural and spiritual death through sin, Sin is reconciled, okay, by the one man and spiritual life given in the one man, Jesus Christ. Wow. Do y'all see that, that, that incredible symmetry, right? Wow. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. This is good. So you see what I'm saying? That's why we're only doing, uh, you know, 
six verses here wrap, right? Wow. Okay. Verse nine, since we have now been justified by his blood. What does it mean to be justified? It means certainly to be declared not guilty and innocent of sin, but it also means to be declared righteous by God, right? New Testament justification is to be declared not guilty of any of your sin, past, present, and future sin, and to be declared righteous by God in Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, yeah, wow. Since we have now been justified by his blood, his by Jesus, by his blood means by his death, his blood is a reference to his death on the cross. Since now we have been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? All right, so listen to that verse carefully. Since we have now, Scott, been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved? Saved from what? Saved from God's wrath through him. We don't talk a lot about this, right, May? We certainly need to be saved from our sin, right? Uh, we, need to, we need to be saved from the world. We need to be saved from the flesh. We need to be saved from the devil. But above all, right, Becky? We need to be saved from the wrath of God, Pop. Okay? Now, this isn't popular. I don't like it, right? But here it is in verse 9. Since we have now been justified by his blood, Romans 5, 9, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him, through Jesus Christ? Again, we were, we were talking about this in Bible study yesterday. We really don't consider the wrath of God enough. Now, we know God is love, and it's important for us to understand his love. And we talked about in the last teaching, the more we walk in step with the Holy Spirit, the more we're filled with the Holy Spirit, the less we grieve the Holy Spirit, the more we'll really understand and, and experience the love of our Father, right? But at the same time, as Christians, we have very little understanding of the wrath of God. We don't understand that our sin is so, so, so bad. It is so easy for us to rationalize that, you know, so-and-so of people or just horrible people in history, right? Stalin, Hitler, Attila the Hun, whoever you want to say, we, you can just pick, you know, some sort of mass murderer and, you know, look at them as the really bad sinners. But we don't realize that every one of us, all eight billion people in the world are sinful and our sin is so bad. It is, it is so foul in the sight of a holy God that, that the only proper response to it is his wrath is his utter wrath has to be poured out on sin is the plain teaching of the Bible and there's two ways to satisfy the wrath of God. The wrath of God must be satisfied, okay? It's part of his nature. It's part of his character that he just doesn't overlook wrongdoing, disobedience, sin, wickedness. He just can't overlook it, okay? The proper punishment is for us to endure the wrath of God in eternal hell forever paying the price for our sins. But as I said, there are two ways to satisfy the wrath of God, okay? Number one, we can receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. If you put your full faith, 
trust, confidence, reliance in Jesus alone for the forgiveness of your sins, the salvation of your soul, deliverance from the wrath of God and eternal hell, and to bring you to heaven when you die, the wrath of God will have been credited to Jesus at the cross. Jesus took the full wrath of God the Father on the cross, okay? So the the wrath of God do you and do me will be paid by Christ at the cross. The only other way to have the wrath of God satisfied is to spend an eternity in hell where we rightly get the punishment we deserve. We rightly receive the wrath of God and the punishment thereof by spending an eternity in hell. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? We need to be saved from the wrath of God. And uh, again, it's something that we ought to meditate on more so we can be more thankful for it, right, Susan? We just, we want to be thankful that we've been spared from the wrath of God. And I confess, I was confessing this yesterday in Bible study, we all discussed it, that it's not something we really, we really think about. That Jesus stood in between us in the wrath of God, right, Lauren? Wow. Verse 10. For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more having been reconciled shall we be saved through his life? Now think about this. So so when you're not in Christ, we are an enemy of God, okay? We are actually God's enemies. That's a tenuous position, right? For if when we were God's enemies, verse 10, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, the incredible love of our heavenly father, Chris, is that when we were enemies, so again, if you're an unbeliever today, if you haven't received Jesus Christ, yes, the scripture calls you an enemy of God. He loves you. He's imploring you to be reconciled to him in Jesus Christ. But at the same time, because he is holy, and he, we, he sees us in our sin if we're not in Christ, the scripture says we're enemies. For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. If, if while we were just hopeless, wretched, sinful creatures, not good people, but God's enemy, God's enemies, he loved us so much, even as his enemies, he loved us to reconcile to him For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, look at this, how much more having been reconciled shall we be saved through his life, right? So when when we were separated from God, when we were enemies of God and in our sin, and the death of Jesus Christ, the death that he died, that Jesus died on our behalf and in our place on the cross, if that reconciled us, right? If the death of Christ reconciled uh, us, Paul says, how much more having been reconciled? Reconciled means we're brought into relationship with our heavenly father. We actually have relationship with the triune God. God the Father is our heavenly father. Jesus Christ is our our Lord and Savior and Master and King. God the Holy Spirit is our, our guide, our counselor, our comforter, right? We have one God, one being three separate, distinct individual persons, right? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. 
And, and in Jesus, Matt, we have relationship with each member of the triune God. It's, it's an incredible privilege, right? How much more, how much more, think about this. If Jesus' death on the cross reconciled us, how much more will Jesus' life? Jesus is alive. He's in heaven. He's at the right hand of the Father. He's God himself in interceding on our behalf. If his death interceded for us, how much more will his life intercede for us? Meaning he's alive. It's, it's how certain is our salvation in Jesus Christ because he's resurrected, he's alive, he, he's right there, he's alive. Him and the Father are in communication. So how could we not be saved when we were reconciled by his death, now that he's fully alive, resurrected, and in, in unity with the Father and the Holy Spirit again, and interceding for us and speaking on our behalf, if his death spoke on our behalf and in our place, how much more does he intercede for us while he's alive? Does that make sense? It's, it's, it's kind of exciting, right, May? Wow. All right. Verse 11, not only this, not only this, this is incredible enough, right? Not only this, not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. We ought to have joy in the presence of our heavenly father. We've been reconciled. God the father is our heavenly father. God the son Jesus again is our Lord and savior and master and king. God the Holy Spirit is our guide, our counselor, our comforter. And we ought to rejoice in our triune God through Jesus Christ. We, we, we rejoice because we've been reconciled. We've been brought into this incredible relationship we're saved, right? We're brought into the family of God and not because of anything we have done, not because of our good works, but all because of what Jesus has done on our place, in our place and on our behalf in satisfying the wrath of God and taking the wrath of God that was due us. Father, we do rejoice and Holy Spirit, we ask you to to give us eyes that see and understand these principles more deeply, that we might rejoice more deeply, right, Roland? That we might have joy more deeply. Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Wow, we really, really, really do need to understand this, this principle of joy. And, uh, and in just what a blessing it really is. Wow. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Wow. All right, now look at verse 12. Therefore, and I've already explained this a little bit. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way, death came to all men because all sinned. Okay, so when Adam sinned, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, Adam, okay, was created by God sinless. He was not only naturally alive, he was spiritually alive, and he would live forever, okay, because he was a sinless being, okay? Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way, death came to all men because all sinned. Again, when Adam sinned, he passed that sin down into his posterity. Every human being ever born, right, 
you know, from the beginning, from Adam and Eve to Cain to Abel to Seth to all the children ever born in the history of the world are all born into sin, save one, Jesus. That's why Jesus had to be born of a virgin, right? If Jesus was not born of a virgin, he would have received the sinful nature from his natural father, from Joseph, just like we all did. Having been conceived by God the Holy Spirit himself, who made Mary pregnant, Jesus now is conceived without a sinful nature. So when Jesus enters the world, he comes into the world not only naturally alive like us, but he also comes into this world spiritually alive at his birth. All of us come into the world naturally or physically alive at our birth, but we're spiritually dead. Our spirit is dead to God because of the sinful nature that we've received from our father and him from his father all the way back to Adam. Do, do you see the logical, powerful reason of what Paul is saying? I mean, it's, it's overwhelming. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin. When Adam sinned, it caused not only that he would come to natural death, but immediately he died spiritually, okay? His spirit was dead to God when he sinned. He went on to live 900 plus years, right? Um, and because of that sin, he would go on to die physically as well, okay? Every single human being, look what it says. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, sin caused everyone to die. And in this way, death came to all men because all sinned. One thing is certain, all human beings will die, right, Alicia? Even a little baby, the most beautiful baby that we see at its birth, we know for certain that one day that baby will die. And the reason it's gonna die, the reason every human being dies, the reason billions of people have died is because of sin. That's why we die, okay? Um, we are given spiritual life in Jesus Christ, but our body will still perish and will still die because of sin. Now, when everything's reconciled and we have a new heaven and new earth, and when we leave this life, there will be no more physical death, okay? Um, everyone lives on in eternity, either in an eternity in hell or an eternity in heaven. Therefore, therefore, meaning in light of everything I just said, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way, death came to all men because all sinned, okay? So every human being is sinful, therefore every human being dies, okay? Verse 13, for before the law was given, sin was in the world, but sin is not taken into account when there is no law. What is Paul saying? Look at 14. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam, to the time of Adam, to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who was a pattern of the one to come. So what is he saying here? Why does Paul say this? For before the law was given, sin was in the world, but sin is not taken into account when there is no law. Paul can think of the objection coming up here, right, David? Um, because he says, just as sin entered the world through one man. Okay, so Adam... That's the beginning of Genesis, right? Um, the law is not given until Moses, you know, which is going to come, you know, uh, much later, right? Um, Moses isn't going to come till Exodus, right? That we that we have the law given through Moses. So Paul says that that sin is still in the world, right? 
Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way, death came to all men because all sinned. For before the law was given, sin was in the world. Okay, so the law doesn't come till Moses, okay, which is many years after Adam. But sin is not taken into account when there is no law. It's not until God gave the law that we, we had an understanding really of what sin was. Now, sin was still a reality before we had the law. The, the law couldn't save us. The law couldn't deliver us. The law had no power to do anything but to show us how sinful we really are. So let that sit for a minute, right? So we can really understand this. Why were the Ten Commandments given? Why is the law given here, Uncle, Uncle Dennis, right? Why, Auntie Jackie, were we given the Ten Commandments in the law? We can't be saved by them. The law has no power. The Ten Commandments, the first five books of the Bible, the whole Mosaic law given out in Exodus uh, has no power to save us, no power to deliver us, no power to forgive us of our sins. The, the law was given to show us how sinful we really are. So when we really understand those Ten Commandments, when we understand the law of God, we look into it and say, man, I, I, I can't do it. I can't do this law. I mean, I've broken it so many times. I'm hopeless. I'm helpless. I'm a desperate sinner. The law showed us. The law was given so that we would understand what sin is, how often we break it, and it would, it would point us. The law points us to our need of a savior. The law shows us our hopeless, helpless, desperate state in eternal death, and it points us to our savior, Jesus Christ, for eternal life, right? Does that make sense? Right? It's deep. For before the law was given, sin was in the world. So again, from Adam to Moses, there was still sin in the world. Everybody was still dying. But sin is not taken into account where there is no law. It still brings death. It still brings eternal death, right? But, but you know, we don't understand what we've done wrong. But look what he says in verse 14. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses. And look at that phrase. Nevertheless, death reigned. Golly. Death still reigns, right? Death rules. The certainty of life is that you and I will die. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, meaning even before the law came, many, many years after, right? Death still reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, okay? Um, it, you know, it, it ruled and it still rules today, right? Natural death still rules because of sin until we have a new heaven and a new earth and Jesus comes back and restores everything, death will continue to reign. And that's why, man, we should want to be delivered. And, and we're going to get into this as Paul moves into the Romans chapter eight and the creation groaning. You know, we just long for Jesus to come. Come, Lord Jesus, because when Jesus comes, ultimately, you know, he's already given us spiritual life that we can never lose. Um, but but the time for natural death will come to an end when Jesus comes as well. And, and man, all of us ought to be desiring that. Right. The Bible ends in Revelation 22 with the Apostle John saying, amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Wow. 
Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command as Adam did, who was a pattern of the one to come, meaning, you know, there were many different kinds of sin, okay? Everyone has sinned. We all sin in different ways. Adam sinned in a specific way by breaking the command that God had given him to not eat of the tree of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. He sinned. He broke that command. And inasmuch, he brought sin into the world, right? Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, and here it is, who was a pattern of the one to come, okay? So what does that mean again, that Adam was a pattern of the one to come? Adam's, Adam's decisions, right, had ramifications for the whole human race, okay? The one to come is Jesus, and what Jesus did, right, his work had ramifications for the whole human race. So again, Paul sees, and the Bible puts us into two groups, okay? When it comes to, to being spiritually alive or spiritually dead, you're either, you're either in Adam, spiritually dead, or you're in Christ, spiritually alive. You're in, in Adam and spiritual death, or in Jesus Christ, you have eternal life, okay? As did Adam, who was a pattern of the one to come. So again, Adam's sin, you know, thrust the entire human race into sin. When Adam sinned, you know, and, and it's, it's important for us to understand what Adam did in his sin, every one of us would have done if we were in his place, okay? So someone might think, well, that's not fair, you know, I didn't, you know, why was I made a sinner with something I didn't ask to do? And, you know, but you would have done it and I would have done it. And it is because, you know, you didn't ask for that, that, you know, it's the same thing in Jesus Christ, you know, his righteousness, eternal life and the righteous life Jesus is, has lived is credited to you and I, and we didn't do that either. So you see, it's Adam's sin polluted the whole human race. And Christ's life, death, and resurrection saves the human race for all those who would receive him. Adam, who was a pattern of the one to come. Do you see the, just the profound, deep, overwhelming reason and power of it all? Wow. Golly, Father, we just thank you. We praise you. We worship you and we love you, Father. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for coming in to this world and reconciling us to you, to our Heavenly Father, and to the Holy Spirit. We just thank you for your incredible mercy, Father. Holy Spirit, we thank you for living in us. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for putting up with us. Holy Spirit, we ask you to seal this message to our hearts. We ask you to help us to walk in step with you, to live for Jesus Christ our Lord and to bring glory to your name. We rejoice in Father, Son, Holy Spirit now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.